This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Wildcat Scoop Podcast. I'm Wildcat Authority Senior Editor Jason Shear. And it is basketball season, kind of. It was an exhibition game. The real stuff doesn't start until next week. But it was nice to be in McHale and see actual basketball being played with fans, even though it was only half full. Um, We'll see how that looks next week in the real game. But uh, with that being said, it was still nice to be in McHale. Um, You know, nice to see fans. I, I can't stress enough how boring it was going to watch basketball games at McHale with with no one there and being able to hear every little thing, um, not entertaining at all. <laughs> and so it, it was nice to get out there and, and see Arizona under Tommy Lloyd for the first game. And Arizona beat Eastern New Mexico 96-50, to and honestly, it probably wasn't even that close. Eastern New Mexico, not a good team, finished the game shooting the last 2 of 15 from the field, shot at 29% from the field overall, 6 of 29 from 3, uh, got to the line nine times, um, turnovers, 22 of them, rebounding, lost the boards, 53 to 33. Um, it was just statistically, uh, in every way, a complete blowout. Arizona shot 50% from the field, 13 of 33 from behind the arc, uh, turned the ball over 16 times, which is a bit concerning, but had 35 points off Eastern New Mexico's turnovers. Again, won the glass 53-33. to 33, Had 17 offensive boards, 19 second-chance points, 46 points in the paint, 17 fast-break points, 24 assists on 36 buckets. Really just a, a dominating performance against a team that they should have dominated. Uh, ben Mathurin, uh, 18 points, 5 of 10 shooting, 6 boards, no turnovers in 25 minutes. He led all scores with the 18 points. Um, other performances that stood out, Christian Coloco, 14 and 10 in 16 minutes, uh, made a 3, uh, which was obviously a big deal. Justin Geyer, 14 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists, only 1 turnover, 21 minutes. And then Kim Aiken Jr. was the other standout, 14 points, 8 boards, 4 assists, in 19 minutes. Uh, basically, when it comes down to it, um, you know, you, you kind of treat this, you don't want to get too excited, right? Eastern New Mexico is probably the worst team Arizona, or it is the worst team Arizona is going to face all year. It's a scrimmage, etc. Um, you don't want to be like, oh man, you know, this team is number one in the country type of deal. Um, but there's definitely some things that are positive and that you should get excited about. Uh, the first one is clearly the pace. Again, easier to do against Eastern New Mexico, a team that's turning the ball over 22 times. You are able to get in transition a lot more, 35 points off their turnovers. You're able to get into transition a lot more when the opposing team is turning it over. So the question then becomes, when you face a team that doesn't turn it over or gets back and turns into a half-court game, 
what happens then. And Tommy Lloyd said that there were some concerns with the fact that um, in the half-court offense, he felt it was a little stagnant at times. And that's something that they're going to look at in practice. But in terms of the pace overall, they did well. Um, Tommy Lloyd is very, very big on efficiency. And even though Arizona actually thought shot 39% from three, um, he said he wants to focus on the fact that you know, there you got to kind of get comfortable with what you're shooting. You don't want to shoot just to shoot, um, just to get shots up. And so, you know, not every shot was a good shot, obviously, and you're not going to get every shot being a good shot. But they took 72 shots in the game, um, had a ton of possessions, and uh, really just offensively, you could see the difference right away. Um, it is very hard to imagine a Sean Miller coach team shooting 33 shots behind the arc, right? And so, um, you know, it's a good thing and a bad thing. It's, you know, if they were lying on the three and the three is not falling, what do you do then? And that's something that we're going to find out eventually. We just didn't and weren't ever going to find it out against Eastern New Mexico. So overall, some positive things to, to kind of, you know, overall looking at the game, some positive things to take away and, you know, I'll kind of go player by player on this one. And usually, you know, there's, let's be blunt, there's there's more to talk about. There's not a ton to analyze in this game because you don't want to get too deep analyzing things because Eastern New Mexico is, again, not a good team. Like NAU next week would beat Eastern New Mexico, right? Um, you know, whatever, there's a bunch of teams out of conference that Arizona's going to play and beat by 30 that would still beat Eastern New Mexico. We're not going to know very much about this team in terms of quality, in my opinion, um, until Vegas in a few weeks when they're facing Michigan, UNLV, Wichita State, whoever it may be. Those are going to be difficult basketball games and better than anyone that Arizona is facing in the next, you know, three, four, five games. So with that being said, Ben Mathurin, you know, 18 points, 5 of 10 shooting, 2 of 5 from 3, 6 of 9 from the line, 6 boards, 2 assists, no turnovers. And Tommy Lloyd alluded to it in the postgame presser about it being an interesting week for Ben. He did not have, uh, according to sources, and again, Tommy Lloyd alluded to it, he did not have a good scrimmage against St. Mary's, um, was visibly frustrated from what we understand. It didn't go very well for him, uh, and, and he's kind of working through some things at times. Um, got through them, obviously, very well, right? And, and looked great, and Lloyd said that he was impressed. He was trending up this past week, and he, he looked great. A lot more freedom. The biggest knock on him, and we'll see it against better competition if it's still true or whatever, the biggest knock on him is that he was just a jump shooter last year. But he seemed to be dribbling more uh, against Eastern New Mexico. And, uh, you know, and, and, and it's a good sign. If he can create his uh, his own shot, um, you know, obviously it's, it's going to be... Uh, it's going to be a big deal for this offense, right? Because that's where he's more successful. That's where the offense is more successful. You don't want a guy that's just a jump shooter, especially with his athleticism. The next step is defensively, making sure that six rebounds is a thing moving forward, etc. Dalen Terry only finished with seven points, but he had eight rebounds, two assists, um, only turned the ball over once. I really like the way he performed. Um, again, not a guy that just stood in the corner shooting. He was moving, had the ball in his hands more. And I think that's going to be the clear difference that you see is that the Arizona under this coaching staff is going to ask Dale and Terry to handle the ball more um, than he has previously. And 
you know, it's not a knock on the previous coaching staff. It's different offenses, things like that. But Dale and Terry in high school handled the ball quite a bit, ran some point guard even. And I think you're going to see more of that and him in more of that role. I expect those assist numbers at times to actually be more than two a game. I think he has that potential. And you kind of saw what he can do, a, a Swiss Army knife of sorts. Julius Sabellis, not the best game for him. Ten points, two rebounds. I think he's still kind of fitting in this system a little bit. Um, I'm still pretty steadfast that he's going to be a, a very solid player. He turned the ball over three times, and really Arizona's bigs turned the ball over 11 of 16 times, right? So the, the bigs accounted for 11 of Arizona's 16 turnovers. And Tommy Lloyd said the biggest difference is the bigs in this system are going to handle the ball more than they usually have, and they have to be able to, to keep the turnovers down because there's going to be times where the turnovers are higher because of the fact that they handle the ball so much. And that was pretty obvious on Monday with the fact that they had 11 of the 16 turnovers. Um, he did have the dunks and get out in transition. Um, he shot three threes, which isn't bad, but you don't want him to be a three-point shooter. I think he's still getting comfortable. The, the system is very different for bigs than what they were used to under the previous coach, and I think that you're kind of seeing with all the bigs them kind of getting acclimated a little bit. Uh, Kirk Risa probably had the worst game of the bunch, two for 10 from the field, four assists, didn't turn the ball over in 27 minutes, which was the most on Arizona. So that's nice to see the fact that he didn't turn it over. But look, at the end of the day, when you're a shooter, you're going to have games where you go 2 for 10, and you're going to have games where you go 8 for 10. And that's what Lloyd said after the game is that he could, you know, you go 1 for 8 for 3. Well, there's going to be a game where all of a sudden it's 5 from 8 for 3, and uh, and things are obviously looking, you know, much better. And so when you, it's hard to criticize. He played hard. He defended well, took two charges. Yeah, he shot poorly. If that becomes a pattern, then you worry. But as of now, you're not worrying because, hey, we've seen that he's a fine shooter, right? Um, it's getting in to that foul line. No free throw attempts. That's a little disappointing. If you're going to run the point, you got to get fouled a couple times, right? And so that's something keeping an eye moving forward because that is going back to last season where he didn't get to the line. He didn't shoot many twos and make many twos. And so you kind of want that to show up, right? And, and so that's something that you got to kind of look at moving forward. The player of the game was Christian Coloco, 14 points, 10 rebounds. He had three turnovers as well. It goes back to what I said about the bigs. And uh, it's funny because uh, on media day, I give him some crap and I said, are you going to be shooting threes now? And he goes, no, you know, I'm not shooting threes. That's not what they need me to do. I'm confident in my shot, but there's clearly better shooters. But uh, he was open for three. He was standing there. Eastern New Mexico didn't guard him. So he, he shot the ball from three, and he made it. And Tommy Lloyd said the last time he shot a three was an inter-squad scrimmage, and he airballed it. It's not a part of his game, right? You're not going to see Coloco attempt a few threes a game. It is not a part of his game. The best way that he can shoot threes is if the other team isn't respecting it, he takes one to kind of keep him honest, and maybe he makes it, but it won't be an active part of his game. The thing that impressed me was the fact that he was able to kind of duck and really come at the guy guarding him, and he attacked the glass. Um, like I said, finished with 10 rebounds, but um, you know he, he was able to get six offensive boards, right? And, and so anytime your center can get six offensive rebounds, it's a big deal, and he deserves credit for it. And he was stronger, visibly stronger in my opinion. I thought his hands were a little better than, than what we saw last year. And, um, you know, Tommy Lloyd was interesting, said he could be even better after the game, said that he actually, moving forward, kind of expects that every night. They have major expectations for Christian Coloco this season. And when we talk about the lineups and all that, sometimes he gets left out when in reality, 
uh, he shouldn't get left out because he has the uh, the ability, you know, to make a major impact. Um, Shane Noel, not much to say about him. Played 11 minutes. Um, he's not a three-point shooter. He got baited into shooting two of his three field goal attempts from behind the arc. That's not his game. Um, he'll get adjusted kind of moving forward. And I don't expect him to play a lot of minutes and make a major impact. But um, when you're a freshman, you want to play to his strengths. And he'll be fine. I don't take much, you know, from his performance. Uh, Adema Ball, 10 minutes, uh, hit two threes. I, I'll say this now, and I, I've said this before on a podcast. I've said this on the board. I want to make sure this is very clear. His impact may not be felt this season. He'll get minutes here and there, you know. But next year, he'll be legit. And in two years, we're talking like NBA type of potential. Like I think he is going to be a very, very good basketball player as long as he stays patient and listens to coaching, gets stronger, listens and works on the things that the coaching staff wants him to work and listen to. I think he's going to be a very good basketball player. I'm a very big fan of his. Uh, Justin Kyer, uh, I think, may have been the biggest surprise of the game for a lot of people. He had 14 points, four rebounds, three assists. Only turned the ball over once, played 21 minutes. Very mature guy. Like, you could tell that he is the veteran in the group. Uh, was able to slow down when necessary. Didn't push for no reason. Three-point shooting, four or six from behind the arc. Yeah, he may not shoot that high a percentage every game, but if he can keep teams honest and he hits those open threes, um, you know, he's got the potential to be the best three-point shooter on Arizona. He played really, really well. If he plays that well, you got to assume that the point guard position isn't a concern as much as we thought because, you know, if Kerr's not playing well, you have Kyer, and uh, Kyer can back him up. He could play the two, so it could Kerr. It, it is a, a good issue to have, good combination to have. And so he was very impressive, um, great kid to talk to. There's a reason why they put him out in interviews so much. Very mature uh, player at the at the guard position for Arizona, and you know if, if you take a look at this roster and you see that Justin Kyer is going to get you twelve to fourteen points every night, this team is going to be much better than people even thought because I, I think he's that type of player that can kind of swing the direction of the season. Not saying that the pressure is on him to be that guy, but if he plays well, Arizona all of a sudden becomes a lot more difficult to beat. Umar Ballo, um, I think you got the whole Umar Ballo package, right? Three points, four rebounds, um, blocked just a couple shots, but he also had four turnovers. He's still very raw, right? He's a big body. He's the strongest dude on the court. There was a play I was laughing. He had the ball. He got tied up, and it took three Eastern New Mexico players to force the jump ball, right? He's the strongest dude on the court every time he's on the court. The problem is he's still really raw. He brings the ball down too much. He gets those tie-ups when they shouldn't happen. Um, he's got to kind of, you know, he, he's not a shooter. He's not going to take jumpers. He's going to get his points in the paint around the basket. And so he's a guy where I think he's still developing. He's in better physical shape than even two weeks ago at media day. And he's going to continue in the right direction. They really only need him to play, you know, 10, 12 minutes a game. And, and I think that's a role where, you know, even if it goes down to eight, that, that's a role that he can do fine. He just has to kind of progress and, and get a little better. And I think once he gets minutes, he can kind of step in the right direction. Uh, Kim Aiken Jr. is a player that the coaching staff loves. Um, you know, he's a guy where he does a little bit of everything. I mentioned Swiss Army Knife with Dalen Terry, but he's the same way. You know, 14 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 turnovers, 19 minutes. 
another mature guy that can play a couple different positions, defends really well at eight rebounds. That's not a surprise in terms of best pure rebounders. He's probably the best on the roster pound for pound rebounding. Um, he has the ability to go in the get on the glass and likes to do it, which is important. Will is willing to go and, and rebound the ball and. You know, he's a guy where it's going to be interesting to see where his minutes come from. I think he'll, you know, obviously you got to play him a certain amount of minutes a game. But, um, you know, you take a look at the overall depth and uh, we're analyzing this game and we haven't mentioned Pella Larson because he isn't playing, right? And he's going to play against NAU. According to Tommy Lloyd, he'll be fine for NAU. But you take a look and all of a sudden, you know, it, most people would say that's a problem. And Tommy Lloyd goes, that's, that's not a problem. Like, we're going to figure it out. And so I wouldn't be surprised if you see certain lineups with Aiken, you know, at the four or five and uh, four guards and Aiken at the five, four guards, Julius at the five, things like that, where they're playing a little smaller to get their best players, but creating major mismatches uh, also. You know, if you play Aiken at certain positions, he is a mismatch, but he has the ability to guard the four, the five, and even the three at times. And I think that that is important. And then lastly, obviously, shout out to Ben Ackerley. My man said, you know what, I'll take this. It's an exhibition game. We're winning. I'll take this 40-foot NBA three. Uh, and he nailed it. And it, judging by the reaction, it was the most fun he's ever had making a shot in his life. It was, uh, it was pretty awesome to see. So overall, I think that if you're an Arizona fan, you feel great about what you saw in the Eastern New Mexico game. you got to have some contacts for the opponent. But you didn't see anything that you know left you awake at night, you know? You didn't see anything that said, man, this team just doesn't have it. How is this going to work? How is that going to work? Or this is bad. This is worse. None of that after this game. Exactly what you want to see, especially offensively. Held them to 50. Um, you know, not a good team. But, hey, you know, you got to beat the teams that you're supposed to beat, right? And, and if you're a team like Arizona, you watch the film. You have something you could put on film beyond the St. Mary's scrimmage. And you beat the teams that you're supposed to beat, which is going to happen for the first, you know, few games of Arizona seasons. These are teams that Arizona is supposed to beat starting with the season opener next week. So, uh, once again, I'm Jason Shear with the Wildcat Scoop podcast. Uh, we got football coming up. We'll preview some football games. We'll go more basketball, preview next week's game. We are busy, busy people. Or I'm busy, I should say. We're all busy with Arizona athletics, but it's nice to be busy. My wife's pointing to herself and saying that she's busy as well. My dogs are busy sleeping. It's just a busy household. So with that being said, I'm Jason Shear, Wildcat Scoop Podcast. Check out Wildcat Authority, Humble Brag. We have more content up right now than people will have for the entire game, right? We have six pieces of content. We're going to have more tomorrow. We're going to have analysis. Keep going. We're back. Basketball's back. Thank you for joining me.